When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. I am Stephanie Safarian and this is episode 131 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are discussing the five things you likely do not know about your carbon footprint. If you have been listening to this show for a while, you have heard me talk an awful lot about reducing waste. And the reason for that is because the plastic problem was my personal entry point into caring about sustainability. Today, we are going to mix it up a little bit and discuss another aspect of sustainability, which is just as important, if not more, and that is how our individual carbon footprints are related to climate change. My goal today is not only to teach you about what your carbon footprint is, but also to help you understand why you should care about that number and how exactly you can lower that number. Now, we are going to dive pretty darn deep today, and I should mention at the outset that we are going to cover some taboo topics today, like United States politics (laughs) and our diets and family planning. So buckle up, and please know that when I discuss anything, but when I discuss taboo topics especially, I do my absolute best to cover them in a fact-based manner. Still, though, if you think I get it wrong, please shoot me an email or reach out to me on social media. I'm also going to be giving you a bunch of online resources today, and you can find them all hyperlinked in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 131. Now, before we get right into it, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by the company founded by last week's guest, Lauren Greger. Rent-A-Romper is the first community-shared closet for babies and toddlers and believes that extending the lives of clothes reduces both waste and parental overwhelm. Learn more at rentaromper.com. All right, so what on earth is a carbon footprint? Let's give a really great background before we get into the five things you don't know about it. A carbon footprint is a number. It's a measurement which gives you the total amount of greenhouse gases that you generate by your daily activities each year. Daily activities include your diet, what you eat, how much you travel, how you generally get around, your mode of transportation that is preferred, how much and how often and how exactly you heat and cool your home, how much you shop. All these lifestyle habits 
when you add up how much carbon they create, that number is your carbon footprint. Now, your carbon footprint is generally measured in tons. And on today's show, when I talk about numbers, I'm going to be giving you the annual average, annual. So not day to day. How many tons of carbon does this habit create over the course of one year? Really quick, just to make sure we are all on the same page. Greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide and methane are directly responsible for our warming planet because greenhouse gases trap heat within our atmosphere. A warming planet is what creates climate change. And climate change is responsible for so many problems, including melting glaciers and more severe and more frequent storms, sea level rise, loss of animals, loss of habitats, loss of entire ecosystems. I could go on and on. All of this is to say, in layman's terms, that the amount of greenhouse gases that you and I on an individual level create cumulatively results in 30 billion tons per year of warming gases that enter our atmosphere every single year. That's 30 billion tons with a B. That's nine zeros. Reducing our carbon footprints is the result of a series of lifestyle tweaks that when you do them concurrently, every single day, you lower that number. Moving right along to fact about carbon footprint number one that you likely do not know is that carbon footprints are greatly intertwined with affluence. Developed countries like the United States, Australia, Canada, Germany, China, I could go on and on. Developed countries have the highest per person carbon footprint averages by far. And that is because developed countries have an overabundance of resources like food and water and energy. Now, for reference, the average carbon footprint for a person living in the United States is 16 tons, okay? 16 tons. I'm going to come back and back to that number. 16 tons to the average American's annual carbon footprint. Globally, however, the per-person average is four tons. So an average American has four times the amount of environmental impact on the planet than somebody in a developing country. To have the best chance of avoiding a 2 degrees Celsius or a 3.6 degree Fahrenheit rise in global temperatures, which is the goal of the Paris Agreement, which we will get to later in the episode, the average global carbon footprint per year per person needs to drop under 2 tons by 2050. Holy moly, right? Lowering our carbon footprints from 16 tons per year to 2 tons per year sounds impossible, doesn't it? Now, when I say affluence, when I say carbon footprints are greatly intertwined with affluence, you do not need to consider yourself rich in order to be actually globally affluent. So even many poorer people in wealthy countries have a disproportionately large and unsustainable carbon footprint compared to the global average. So what am I saying here? What I'm saying is even if you don't consider yourself affluent, if you live in a developed country, that makes you affluent by carbon footprint standards. So your location greatly impacts that number, 
that 16 tons per year or whatever your number is. Now, when it comes to lowering your carbon footprint, we are moving right along to number two that you likely didn't know about carbon footprints. When it comes to lowering that number, there are four very specific habits that have the biggest probability of lowering your footprint substantially. While it is certainly important to turn your thermostat down and to walk more and drive your car less and use the dryer less, while all these habits are certainly admirable, if we want to get serious, and I mean real serious, about lowering our carbon footprints, there are four very specific habits that will substantially do just that. So we're going to get into those four habits right now. The first is eating a plant-based diet. You have likely heard through the grapevine that meat products have bigger carbon footprints per calorie than grains and vegetables. And that is because animals like cattle, sheep, goats, they produce a lot of methane when they fart. (laughs) Sorry to say, but (laughs) I think that's a first. I've never said fart before on this podcast. There is also the fact that trees, which are carbon suckers, trees actually remove carbon from the air. Trees are almost always cut down to make room for the cattle that meat eaters will later eat. Dairy products like cheese and yogurt, they also have an oversized carbon footprint and contribute to nearly 19% of greenhouse gases emitted by the food industry. Vegetables, however, contribute just 4.9%. So let's break those numbers down and talk about them on an individual or household level. If you are a meat lover and you eat a diet that is heavy on meat, you are adding 3.3 tons to your carbon footprint every year. So meat loving, 3.3 tons. If you are vegetarian, you are adding 1.7 tons to your number. And if you are vegan, you are adding 1.5 tons to that number every year. So by these numbers, if you went from a meat-loving diet to a vegan one, you would reduce your individual annual carbon footprint by 1.8 tons. That's a substantial reduction. Habit number two that goes really far when talking about reducing that number is to go car-free 100% of the time. So sell your car. If you sell your car, you will conserve 2.6 tons of CO2 annually. Similarly, if you want to get really serious about lowering your number, you are going to avoid flying. Specifically, you're going to avoid transatlantic flights. So I plugged some numbers in just to give you a reference point. One round-trip flight from Boston to London generates 1.57 tons of CO2. So that flight, that six-hour flight, in six hours, you have generated 1.57 tons of CO2. One round-trip flight from Boston to Sydney, Sydney, Australia, generates six tons. That is more carbon than the average human on this earth generates in an entire year. So my hope is by giving you those numbers, it really puts in perspective how environmentally detrimental flying can be. Finally, if you want to get real serious about lowering your carbon footprint, you will have a smaller family. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> in America, 
If you have one less child, you will reduce your household's overall carbon footprint by 16 tons. And that is because the average carbon footprint for somebody in America is 16 tons. If you have two fewer kids, you would reduce that annual number by 32 tons a year. Phew. Two taboo subjects down. Moving right along to item number three you likely do not know about your carbon footprint is that reducing waste also reduces your carbon footprint. So we talk a lot about reducing waste on this podcast, and reducing waste actually does make a difference. For every 10% of waste reduction that you do in your own home, you can reduce your number, your carbon footprint, by 1,200 pounds. So that's not tons, right? That's pounds. 1,200 pounds is a little more than half of a ton. So if you keep doing what you're doing by reducing your waste, you will reduce your carbon footprint by half a ton. And when we talk about reducing waste, that's, of course, not just recycling. It's also by buying products with less packaging. It's refusing those plastic bags at the grocery store. It's all those habits that I talk about every darn week on this podcast. The impact is smaller when you really focus on reducing your waste. My point here is that what you're already doing does have an impact. Now, before we get into number four, a quick note that the Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by Rent-A-Romper. Rent-A-Romper believes there's a sustainable and an affordable way to clothe a baby, and the solution has nothing to do with purchasing dozens of cute but impractical outfits. That's why Rent-A-Romper helps new parents make eco-conscious clothing choices from day one by providing curated capsule wardrobes that grow with little ones. Rent-A-Romper makes a great gift for a new baby, too, and it's as easy as purchasing a Rent-A-Romper gift card. Learn more about their two capsule options and use code HELLO at checkout for your first month free at rentaromper.com. So fact number four that you likely did not know about your carbon footprint is that just 100 companies are responsible for more than 70% of the world's emissions. Phew, that's nuts, right? This really puts individual actions into perspective. It is so important for you and I to do what we can within our households But real change happens when we put significant political pressure on our elected officials and when we greatly restrict the workings of the fossil fuel industries. So I looked up the list of 100 biggest offenders, and almost all of them are fossil fuel companies like Chevron, ExxonMobil, BP, just to name a few. 100 companies are responsible for more than 70% of the world's emissions. And this leads me then to fact number five that you likely did not know about carbon emissions. And that is that when it comes to global warming, 2020 is a really important year for the United States. And more specifically, the 2020 presidential election here in the United States is a really big event. Now, why? Why is this election so important from an environmental standpoint? We need to go back to 2015, and we need to talk about the Paris Climate Agreement. The Paris Climate Agreement is an agreement between nearly 200 countries that addresses climate change on the global level, and it has vowed to substantially reduce global greenhouse gas emissions as a means of limiting the Earth's temperature increase to 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Now, what on earth does that mean? Basically, it means that the majority of countries, as well as the biggest offenders, which are China and India, the majority of countries have signed on to the Paris Agreement and have pledged to do their part to curb global warming. Now, President Trump, he ran on the platform that climate change is a hoax. He pledged, as he campaigned for president, to pull us out of the Paris Agreement. And in November 2019, he formally notified the United Nations that the United States would be leaving the Paris Agreement. American participation in the Paris Agreement did not stop in 2019 simply because President Trump declared it to be so. Even though Trump pledged to leave on November 4th, 2019, just pledging it does not immediately make it happen. And that is because the rules for leaving the Paris Agreement state that you have to wait one entire year to actually leave after making that formal declaration. It just so happens then that President Trump made that formal withdrawal on November 4th, 2019. The actual withdrawal then, the actual rolling back of clean energy standards then, will not go into effect until November 4th, 2020, which just happens to be the day after our presidential election here in the United States. So looking ahead, if President Trump loses re-election, our new president can quite easily, quite quickly, snap of a finger, retract Trump's formal declaration to leave the Paris Agreement, and the United States will stay within the Paris Agreement happily. However, if President Trump does win re-election, we will most certainly pull out and we will most certainly see relaxed restrictions on the fossil fuel industry, and we will see even more relaxed standards on environmental issues than we are seeing now. Now, if President Trump does win re-election, all is not lost from an environmental standpoint, and that is because while the rules for leaving the Paris Agreement are extremely convoluted and difficult, it is quite easy to rejoin. So a future president in 2024, let's say, could have the United States rejoin the pact in as little as one month's time. Phew, just to recap really quick, five things <laughs> that you likely did not know about your carbon footprint. Number one is that carbon footprints are greatly intertwined with affluence. Number two is that there are very specific habits that have the biggest probability of lowering your footprint, which is eating plant-based, living car-free, having a smaller family, and avoiding transatlantic flights. Number three, reducing waste also reduces your footprint. Number four, just 100 companies are responsible for more than 70% of the world's emissions. And finally, number five, 2020 is a big year for the United States. I have listed some links. I have listed everything we've talked about today and this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 131. Now, a quick note to say also, you might have heard that it is completely possible for you and I to offset our carbon emissions by making a monetary donation to one of hundreds of websites dedicated to 
offsetting emissions. Let's say you take a flight from United States to Australia and you know that you created six tons of carbon emissions based on that flight and you want to pay it back somehow by either donating to a formal organization or planting trees. You can do that. If you Google offsetting carbon emissions, you will come up with so many opportunities for you to make that monetary donation. Know that there are hundreds of companies and corporations that allow you to do this. Most of them are nonprofit. Some of them are not and take 20% of your donation for their profit. I've linked to some of them in this week's show notes if you are interested. Please know too, though, that you do not have to do it in such a formal way. You can instead calculate your carbon footprint yourself, see how much carbon a certain behavior has generated, and then make a contribution to an organization that plants trees or your favorite organization that is dedicated to furthering renewable energy. Those are great do-it-yourself offsetting behaviors. Thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.